Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Oregon Libertarian Podcast. This is episode 13. Uh, I'm here with uh, Timothy Perkins, the outgoing chair of the Libertarian Party of Oregon. Uh, we finally got the, the chair, everyone. Uh, uh, so uh, just, you know, since uh, this is the end of his term, he's uh, not seeking re-election. Just thought it might be fun to have a quick little chat with him about maybe some observations he's made uh, with his years and, and the party. Also kind of to establish party history and um, yeah, get an idea of where, where we're coming from and where we're going. And uh, yeah, um, I guess first off, uh, Timothy, I'll ask you, uh, what, what made you join the Libertarian Party of Oregon initially? Yeah, well, I haven't been trying to play hard to get. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm happy yeah. to come on the podcast whenever. But uh, yeah, so I uh, grew up uh, homeschooled. And that was uh, out of my parents' kind of uh, anti-governmental, uh, anti-government schools bias. Um, they were both public schooled, but they uh, wanted better for their kids. And I'm really, really thankful to that for the to them for that. And uh, am seeking to provide the same for my children. Um, my wife and I are raising five children here in Salem. So um, already, you know, have to acknowledge uh, the the biases that uh, come from uh, how you're raised. And that was a very obvious one is being homeschooled uh, to specifically to avoid being part of the government schools. Um, and then uh, neither of my parents uh, have been members of any political party. They would tend to uh, call themselves conservatives, but they are not fans of the Republican Party. And uh, so that was kind of the political outlook that I had. I was more or less like, uh, you know, constitution and smaller government and that and that sort of thing. And uh, when I uh, had been married for a few years in uh, 2015, I was taking an interest in the 2016 presidential cycle. Um, and it seemed to me that the uh, best candidate in the Republican primaries, which I was not participating in. I hadn't registered with any party either when I had turned 18 and on as an adult. Um, seemed like it was Rand Paul. And uh, then he wasn't doing well in the primary, and I was disappointed by that. And then I happened to hear of a libertarian candidate named Austin Peterson, who I believe would also call himself a constitutionalist. Um, and so I started looking into him. And as a result of that, I was looking into the Republican, or excuse me, the Libertarian Party and uh, learning more about that. I had voted for Gary Johnson in 2012 because I couldn't stand um, Mitt Romney or Barack Obama. And so looking into the Libertarian Party, learning more about the Libertarian Party, I was encountering new, more consistent ideas than I had um, experienced myself uh, with the the political philosophy, or maybe not exactly a rigorous philosophy, but way of looking at politics that I had grown up with. And um, that's kind of my, one of my highest values is trying to have a, uh, a consistent philosophy 
in the various things that I pursue in life, and uh, the Libertarian Party offered that. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's offering something different. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, the, what would you say the, it was like getting into the party, the, our state party, or, or maybe, yeah, the national party too. What, what was like your first experiences? What was your, like your impression of like your first few months in the party? How did you, uh, how would you describe it? Right. Well, um, my engagement actually was first on the national level, and that is the inverse of how I uh, promote uh, how people should get engaged. I think that local is best, but um, because I was interested in um, Austin Peterson, um, I was involved in some Facebook groups, some libertarian Facebook groups, and was engaging with people there, and um, someone actually called me and asked, hey, are you, would you be interested in being a delegate to the national convention? Um, but not for the state of Oregon or, or the Libertarian Party of Oregon, but rather for the Libertarian Party of California. And um, being involved in the political process wasn't really something that I had seriously considered, but being a delegate to the convention and helping to select a presidential nominee seemed like something that I would really enjoy. And so um, I did attend the 2016 Libertarian Party National Convention um, and my impression was that um, the, the members of the party were not what I had grown up around. <laughs> the, they were not, um, you know, the cons conservative homeschooler type as much, although, of course, there are plenty of homeschoolers and, um, and Christians and people of all stripes in the Libertarian Party. I think that um, a whole lot of people can... Uh, appreciate the message that government should be smaller but um it was a little bit of a culture shock in that respect as far as like um what i had experienced up to that point but i found people who were very willing to engage in real discussions of ideas more than they cared about specifically the team that they or the other people were on so yes, there would be divisions about who's the best presidential nominee or who should be elected to this internal office or whatnot, but the engagements were about ideas more than they were about um, personality and um, the other silly divisions that get between us. And so after the national convention, I was like, okay, yep, I, I want to be part of this. And so I started regularly attending the Libertarian Party of Oregon board meetings. I volunteered to help rebuild their website, which was using a, a default WordPress theme at the time. Um, my wife at the, uh, had a business at the time where she was building websites, so I was able to ask her to give me some pointers and some software solutions, and um, I rebuilt the website, and then I ran for the board for the first time in 2017. Okay. Yeah, so it definitely seems like a, a somewhat similar path I, I took where I was like, I, I, I didn't know how else to get involved. So I started going to to the state, you know, board meetings and like trying to ask, you know, the leadership like, hey, where, where do I plug in? What do I do? How can I help? Um, yeah, and at the time I was part of that leadership, yeah, which is kind were. of funny being yeah. on the other side of the table. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so... I guess uh, my next question is, um, do you, are there any like uh, 
uh, stories of note? Do you have any like funny stories or do you, do you have a favorite moment uh, as a chair of the, of the LPL? Like, was there an event you went to that you really enjoyed, or there's just like a moment that you, that crystallized in your mind? Uh, is there anything like that? Um, I tend to uh, really enjoy uh, some of the kind of parliamentary and policymaking types of activities. That's just, that's my particular flavor of nerdum that I enjoy. And so um, I've really enjoyed whenever I had the opportunity to chair a large gathering like a convention or when I got to participate um, as a delegate in the process at the national convention. So I'd, I'd have to say that the conventions where you're you're getting together, you're working with people who don't uh, agree with you 100%, but are there with you on the essentials, and then getting to nerd out on stuff with those people, uh, I have to say is is pretty pretty high up there. And you have a very uh, specialized gavel. Um, where does it live? <laughs> uh, I, I generally just uh, keep it in, in the drawer in my desk, but um, there's a bit of a story behind that. Is that is that what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. It's the magic wand, the wooden magic wand. Or at least that's what it looks like. So, Right. So when I joined uh, the party, uh, the Libertarian Party of Oregon had undergone a schism in 2011. And uh, that schism resulted in two separate organizations calling themselves the Libertarian Party of Oregon. Um, and I got involved with the one that had ballot access because to me, that's, that's what made the party a party. Um, but I was trying hard to not alienate the other side. And I think that um, I was largely successful in that. I had met some of those, the persons on the quote unquote other side of the schism when I went to the national convention and had some conversations with them. So um, I felt like uh, it was something that uh probably shouldn't have ever happened but since it had happened i was not going to try to feed into it anyway uh when uh my predecessor kyle markley was elected as chair he was approached by the other side and there was a description of the uh events that had led up to the schism with regards to how new boards were submitted to the secretary of state to describe the leadership and the position of one of these individuals on um, the one side of the schism was that due to that process uh, for submitting leadership and and also really the entire constitution and bylaws of the organization that the chair of the organization had a quote-unquote magic wand whereby if they submitted to the Secretary of State a slate of um, directors and a uh, document outlining bylaws for the party, that the Secretary of State would simply accept it, and therefore the, that that was a magic wand. The chair could do whatever he wanted with the party, and um, that was that that view was rejected by myself and by other members of the board at that time. But as a as a joke. In relation to that view, um, I I took a dowel, I painted it black, I, I painted it on either end to look like the type of magic wand that you would use to fetch a rabbit out of a hat. 
and I presented it to um, the chair at the time to use as a gavel. I see. Uh, okay. Well, now moving on to a less lighthearted question. Um, what do you see as maybe one of the bigger challenges for our state affiliate, our state party, as opposed to other state parties? Uh, what, are, what are some of the headwinds we face uh, that are specific to us? Well, first, let me uh, say something that where the, the wind is at our back um, and compared to other affiliates, and that is that uh, ballot access is very easy for us here in the Libertarian Party of Oregon. Um, there was an initial petition process, or, or I should say there is an initial petition process for a party to get started. But after that point, as long as they're uh, regularly running candidates and keeping their membership levels um, at a, at a very a quite low number, they maintain ballot access. And I don't want to uh, understate how uh, helpful that has been for the Libertarian Party of Oregon to not have that on top of anything else that's going on. Um, but I would say that our, our biggest uh, challenge in the Libertarian Party of Oregon has been engagement of our members. And there's the, the biggest reason for that was that for about a decade, uh, there was that schism going on. Thankfully, it did end in um, 2022. But for that time, there was two organizations claiming to be the Libertarian Party of Oregon. They were slinging mud at each other. They were um, they they didn't realize that the you know the enemy is not in this room, and they were um, really quite frankly unappealing. I, I don't want to go be part of that that mess where um, there's a, a just a ton of negativity and the broken relationships between um, the parties and their the volunteers and donors um, and and who who wants to be donating to a party that you're not even sure if they're legitimate um, it all that distrust and negative negativity really created a, a, a downward downward spiral that uh, we're still definitely feeling the repercussions of. Um, there has been a resurgence in recent years. Um, I want to particularly point out that um, in my time on the board, uh, the, the biggest bump in activity that we've seen was when um, the several of you guys, including specifically you, Will, uh, from the Mises Caucus showed up to a board meeting and you're like, hey, we're here to do the, do the stuff of the party. You know, we're green, but... We, we want to learn, we want to help, and let, let's make this thing uh, viable. And um, so I, I think that we are on a positive trend now from where we were before, but um, we still have quite a ways to go as far as getting our volunteers and donors um, and candidates uh, all really engaged and supported. Well, thank you. That was a very thorough explanation of where we're, where, yeah, where we've come from. Um, and yeah, um, you know, I will say we've got the uh, convention uh, coming up uh, uh, on Sunday. So just a couple of short days away. Um, I'm hoping it's well, oh, great turnout. Uh, it sounds like we've got some uh, interesting uh, organizations that want to uh, participate and hang out with us. Um, I think the uh, 
remind me, I think is the, the there's a voting organization. There is the uh, rank choice. It's not rank choice voting. No. Star, it's star voting, excuse me. The equal vote coalition. The, the equal uh, vote coalition is going to be there. Um, then we also have, um, you know, set Oregon free, which is I think Leon's pack. Uh, and uh, we're also going to be having, Children's yeah, Children's Health Defense Fund uh, is also going to be there. So there'll be some really interesting new um, organizations that maybe we work with on, you know, state uh, level or local issues. Uh, so I'm excited that there seems to be a lot more outside interest uh, with our party than there was before. I think last convention we had, do we have two tables? It was like the Mises caucus table and then, um, was it Richard uh, Burke's? Uh, Western Liberty Network. Western, Western Liberty Network. Okay, yeah, Western Liberty Network. So yeah, this is a good increase in like interested organizations. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I, I, we do have some good bylaws that I think we're gonna be submitting that are gonna help our, our party. I'm oh, sorry, what? Uh, the oh, I was just gonna say, well, don't forget that we're gonna have some, uh, some good speakers. Angela McArdle from yep. the Libertarian National Convention. She's the chair. At, or excuse me, the Libertarian National Committee, as well as uh, Karen Ann Harless, the National Secretary. And uh, what's kind of funny about that is you and I specifically discussed at our last convention that, uh, you know, we thought that they would probably be coming out to be speakers at this one. And um, at the time, neither of them were elected to the positions that they currently are. And uh, it's been good to see, good to see them uh, Come to come to where they are and to have them be a part of this event. Yeah, I think we're also getting Mike Termat out to in person. He'll be talking, so that'll be so. Yeah, we've got some good interest. We're actually, you know, I, in uh, 2020, we had uh, we didn't have any major party presidential candidates visit the state that I'm aware of. I don't think uh, Biden visited, and I don't think Trump visited, and we didn't even get Joe Jorgensen to visit, but we did get Spike Cohen. So hats off to Spike Cohen and Mike Termat for being presidential candidates. They'll actually come to the state. So uh, we realize that most people think all is lost here in Oregon, but it's not. We can we can we can have some you know some people come and uh, give people some hope. Uh, that's it's really very much appreciated. Um, I guess finally finally we can probably uh, wrap up um, as our seasoned chair now of many moons. Um, Timothy, where, what would you, what advice would you give for members of the party going forward is like how to grow, how to, uh, what, what kind of things should we, should we do as a party to like kind of keep the momentum going and reach the next plateau uh, of uh, our, of our, of our state party? Right. So the two most important things that I see are um, member engagement, particularly and especially the formation of county parties. I think that having a good ground game requires county parties as far as um, making sure we have a volunteer base for local candidates, um, as well as uh, simply that's where the most fun is going to be had. The, the state party is largely an administrative uh, function, and we are not as as able Oregon's kind of a pretty big state and being able to reach everyone everywhere um and and get them all 
um, brought in is a bit much to ask a, uh, a small volunteer board. So I think having, having county parties is um, very essential. And then also what I'm hopeful for is that at this convention, we're going to party to dedicate some time and resources toward nonpartisan races. And I think that nonpartisan races, yes, it's fun to see someone elected with an L next to their name, but nonpartisan races are going to be affecting so many things in uh, the lives of the majority of Oregonians. And that's where we can start to have that positive impact, where we can start to build our reputation as fixers of the mess that government has created. And uh, from there, I think that we're going to see a lot of growth. Oh, I just remembered another organization that's going to be showing up, and we're really glad that they're they're coming. Now. The Greater Idaho Movement is also going to be showing up. But yes, yeah, I really think, um, yeah, both of those things are great. I think, yeah, county level, uh, county level is going to be important. I think local level is going to be important. Basically, yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that dawned on me uh, today, I was just thinking, is that we kind of reversed engineered ourselves the wrong direction we were working from the top down we really should have been working from the bottom up uh getting a, a county level affiliates a lot easier to get up and rolling than like a whole state party so like but i understand that because of the system we have to operate in this way but uh yeah uh and then yeah i i'm really excited about maybe you know if we can sway some like sheriff elections or 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 something in the state um that uh, we can make our name for ourselves as like the you know the the low the the local local party that you want to get a part of when you're, you're trying to go after specific local races. That's a, a really cool uh, utility or value add that we have as a as a as a state party. Um, yeah, well, you know, thank you so much, Timothy, for joining me today and actually for having me out to your uh, beautiful uh, estate. Uh, it's a it's it's really gorgeous. Uh, uh, I hope uh, you get many long years of enjoyment out of this property. It's uh, it's kind of a Pacific Northwest wonderland. So, um, you know, yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I'm I'm, or I should say, as you said, I'm the outgoing chair. I'm not uh, currently running again, but uh, I do hope to be back. But for the moment, I have uh, some property to be taken care of and i have five little kids so um while i'm not gone uh it's going to be nice to be able to take a step back and uh, step into what i have going here all right thanks so much timothy i appreciate it cheers thanks